this is when I say something silly and he just adds it to the very front. That's right. <laughs> that shows you I'm a fan right there. That's right. There we go. Uh, well, now it has to. This is the <laughs> intro for on. sure. I don't, I cannot remember a time where I was by myself and I didn't have headphones in listening to Always yeah. Parched, you know. Uh, always, always. I like re-listen to episodes just to hear you guys' voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mezcal Crino has entered the waiting room. So why don't we just kick this off because they're about to join us. But welcome to Always Parched, another episode. Today we're going to be uh, following up a little bit with our on a previous episode. I guess it's not really following up. It's just uh, another another meeting with our good friends from Mezcal Carreño. So I'm going to go ahead and admit them in. Bring them on. We'll let them, let them in. I can hear them. Or Dinger's got the television on again. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Every time. Hey. I see one. Hey, compa. What's going on, Dinger and Micah? How are you guys doing? Hey, Good. dude. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. All right. Well, I was just uh, kicking us off a little bit. I am obviously... Uh, joined by my two good buddies, Dinger and Micah, and today a little bit of a special occasion. So we have our friend Abel Ariaga and Ivan Carreño joining us from Mezcal Carreño. And uh, yeah, we're happy to have you guys. To be here digitally, because this is the way the world is. We just got to keep going with the flow, baby. Well, um, I guess before we really get into it, I, w- I was going to say a little happy hour segment. What... Uh, what are we drinking today? We're going to be drinking mezcal, obviously, and there's lots of ways to drink that. Uh, as per our previous discussions with Abel, I think uh, I think the favorite from that discussion was just was just sipping it straight. But yeah, oh, and I got by mine. the way, yeah, it's on. It's we got a whole lineup here, or at least <laughs> I have a whole lineup here of. Uh, you know, I got some tepestate, I got a cocktail, I got I got Neuron, but uh, I do not have the Copita that you provided last oh. time. We don't have the Sal de, Gus- de Gusano. Mm-hmm. We don't have the, you have to remind me, Chup- Chupolines? Chupolines. Yeah, I remember, the, I just remember the crickets. <laughs> I'm not drinking from mine though. I use it as a de- decoration for my home bar, so I'm actually... But, <laughs> but that thing on, decorations are meant to be but, used. But I like yeah. it so much. Yeah, I want it on display, and I should have washed it prehand. But it's it's with us in spirit. You got a drink out of that thing. <laughs> yeah. A scalp cleans yeah. anything, so like it would just add whatever whatever dirt in there. You would just <laughs> cleanse the cup. Yeah, I'm, I do I'm actually just... feel like I'm being disrespectful doing the ensemble siete out of a mason jar. <laughs> I'm uh... I'm thinking of taking a play from Colton's book. I'm drinking it in the original container that it came in. Just kind of. Yep. <laughs> there you go. That's right. With, bottle. with the, the cork that broke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man. As far as cocktails go, I think, you know, I was thinking, you know, a classic cocktail that involves mezcal. And I don't know. I'm, don't, I'm not an expert on the classics of mezcal in terms of cocktails, but I, one that came to mind for me, especially, and it was the one that really got me into mezcal, was the Oaxaca, Oaxaca Old Fashioned. I kind of upped the, the ratio a little bit. I know the original was an ounce and a half of reposado with a half an ounce of mezcal, a little like a bar spoon or a teaspoon of agave and uh, a dash or two of Angostura bitters. Mix that up, stir it up actually, uh, but... I did one to one, one ounce of uh, 
Reposado to one ounce of mezcal, and I'm drinking with mezcal Neron tonight. So. When you say Reposado, are you talking Reposado tequila? or Reposado? Yes, Reposado tequila. Excuse me. Okay. You're right. Got to be I mean, specific. We have played around with some Reposado mezcal, so. Yeah. Have you? You guys aging yeah. some? Nice. We're eating some right now. Nice. That's a little Speaking of the, the Palinque, Ivan, you were – you were down there when COVID kind of hit, right? Yeah. So I don't know how much you guys know about like my life story and Abel's life story, but I was working full time for Cox Communications, the cable company. And finally, Abel convinced me to just say, you know, quit the day job. You know, who needs insurance? You know, this need is not allowed to give out, you know, when I go hiking. I've already told it, you know, don't give out no insurance. And uh, so March 6th was my last day at Cox. And I, uh, my cousin had a wedding March 14th, which was right kind of before this all happened. And so I flew out on the 12th, had a great time in Guadalajara. And then on the 16th, when I was coming back, I called Abel and I was like, hey, how's everything? Like I knew the last week, it's, it's just been kind of getting nuts. And he literally was like, two months, everything's closed. And I was like, I don't have a job to go back to. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a house. To, like, what do I do? And he goes, just go work at the Hacienda. And I was like, that's a good idea. And so I just took off. I took off with one of my aunts who drove uh, Lorena a rebounder. And uh, I spent three and a half months down there. We were getting that on ready. Um, and we planted up 5,000 Espadines. Um, uh, we had a theft on property. They stole a thousand of our plants. Um, it was, it was pretty nuts, man. Uh, we had to sneak into other towns to go visit friends <laughs> while they were distilling. Um, we, <laughs> my cousin ended up getting pulled over by the police. It was a whole story of everything that it was just, it was amazing time. Hey. So flight got canceled and I got to spend three and a half months at the family's house and truly live this experience that I had. I just wanted to live no matter what. And it was like, we can't, we're not going to be able to have you go for two months and anything. So this COVID thing is actually for us at least has, has worked out in, in, in a positive sense. Yeah. That's good. It's got to be probably the best quarantine situation out of the five of us here, stuck <laughs> in a palenque. Yeah, right. I mean, there was there was forty days that we had quarantine, and it was no beer. They weren't selling the beers, and we don't have AC at the hacienda. So, like, you know, three o'clock rolls around, and you're just like sweating. And I'm just like, God, I really want a beer, you know. And I didn't want to sound pretentious at all or anything, but I said, Hey, you know, the Mexican dollar is worth. 20 pesos for one of my dollars and i go i've gone to sporting events where beers are like 12 bucks sometimes i go i'm gonna give you 20 times what it's worth and then 10 10 and the girl's like i would love to take that she goes but i don't have any and i was like oh man okay what's a guy have to do for a cold beer right now as i've got you know 10,000 liters of mezcal behind me and i'm just like i can't drink this at three o'clock man i can't uh, I follow uh, and following you through just like your stories and stuff. It was, that was really neat to see. I mean, you were putting in some work. It looked like, uh, not just growing, not, not just growing the beard out either. I mean, like you were down there, I saw you, uh, planting all those seeds and everything. And that uh, every time, you know, when I saw you would make it, make your way back and, uh, have something to drink. I was just like, man, that's, that's a well-end drink right there. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> earned all my booze on that trip, man. Yeah. Well, I guess we can just let, I I don't know if we want to do a quick recap from our last, from the last time, you know, Abel was on for anybody that, uh, that didn't catch that last episode, maybe a quick breakdown of, uh, you know, Mezcal, 
in general, you know, the difference between mezcal and tequila, and then that can be real quick, but I'd love to obviously hear more about uh, all the things that have been going on with you guys since the last time we talked, which is quite a bit, uh, just from, again, watching you guys blow up through social media, through being recognized formally with um, various awards and stuff, the, the product, uh, well-deserved, I should say. So I, I could I could lead that a little bit, or I could let the experts kind of lead the way, because Abel did, I thought, a great job last time talking about all the differences. I think I, think I like the challenge for Ivan. See if you can do it in an abbreviated version. <laughs> usually when Ivan gets in the process, I, like, find a nice seat, and I just sit down, because he'll go through everything, but uh, he's gotten a little bit better, so let's let's challenge him to that so we can get to all the crazy success and challenges and accomplishments we've had, because while well, he was planting seeds, I was planting seeds, but compa, let's yeah. dive into that process and, and – uh, Give them your uh, your once over on what it looks like now. So elevator pitch. There you go. All right, I got it. I hopefully <laughs> I've got ten minutes to cover. All right. Um, so just thankful to be in this industry. My family's brand of mezcal. Uh, we've been established since 1904. First time it's coming for sale to the states. Now 18 months in, 235 plus accounts. Um, that we've got it in everything from like Toca Madera, Maple and Ash, Crujiente, um, Madera, Centrico, Little Rituals, Century Grant, stuff like that. Um, so my family's been in Mezcal. It's coming up for the first time. My best friend was the one that's like, hey, let's share this moment. Let's share friends, food, family. Uh, my aunt was all about it as far as exporting because in Mexico, there's just a huge tax for it. And uh, our daily routine involves waking up, loading up the car, going to the warehouse, going to meet bartenders, bar managers, owners, giving them a taste and seeing if we can make it on the menu. Uh, recently, we just launched our craft cocktail Espanin, which is Naran. Uh, a lot of people have been seeing that around. Um, and we're in the process of hustling that into some, some cocktail menus, and, and that's what Dinger's uh, sipping on. And, uh, and so uh, that's kind of where we're at. San Francisco Spirits World Competition was super kind to us. Uh, we won two silver medals, gold, two double golds and the world's best. Mezcal is made from agave plants. Uh, Mezcal is an overarching father umbrella for anything out of agave. Um, and there's about 40 of them that have a high concentration of sugar that will actually distill. So that's what we're bringing up. We're bringing up the oldest spirit in the America uh, in a distilled form, a clear version. We've got some, uh, some repos that we've got playing around with and uh, some really cool projects that we've got in the woodworks, but that's kind of us. And I hope that, made it to <laughs> total tangent process of the mezcal making but that is the compa way <laughs> okay so the process out of out of those 300 different species of agave right um so the process involves uh taking the the piña the corazón the heart of the agave which is where all the sugars are concentrated because nature nature was very very ingenious in its way of, of protecting itself to be able to reproduce um, from its very sugary-rich core, it grew arms that are very, very bitter with thorns on them. So agave has these bencas, uh, these leaves, and so you chop off the bencas as close to the heart as possible. You leave kind of what looks like an artichoke. You open it up to make sure there's no specific rot or anything on the inside of it. You cook it in a conical-shaped oven, so you make a little pyramid mound, so backwards reversed. You make a pyramid mound with all of your agave hearts that are half, half torn apart, which is easier for them to cook cover that with the tarp, put about two feet of dirt on top of it, let it steam for about five days. Then you mash it with a tahona, tahona is a giant stone wheel that gets pulled by a horse or donkey, weighs about 2,000 pounds. 
After that, that's called mosto. Um, you let that mosto ferment. Uh, you add a little bit of water. Uh, it's one-to-one -one ratio on that as far as water. Uh, the vats that they ferment in are wooden pine vats. Um, they do open-air fermentation, so if there's mango trees, papaya trees, anything like that growing around in the area, it'll impart those flavors into the mezcal. Then you just fill in the copper alembic still. Uh, they're about 350 liters, and you get uh, about 80 usable liters out of mezcal. Uh, and you do that twice. So this whole process takes about 30 days for us to make a, a batch of mezcal. And how many liters does a batch usually yield? Um, so it varies. Mezcal has three different categories. It's got basically what I call industrial mezcal or just, just mezcal, just because the big guys don't have industrial on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's usually anything about 5,000 liters plus. Uh, then you have artisanal mezcal, which is kind of what the, the realm that we're in. And that's anywhere from 1,000 to 5,000 liters. Our specific batches are about 1,500 liters, um, just because of our automo size and our, and our distillation. Um, and then you have ancestral mezcal, which is usually under under 1,000 liters, under even 500 liters in time. But we're the... With the artisanal brand, like 93% of the market is artisanal um, that comes out of Oaxaca. Nice. So I know, I mean, Abel obviously has chatted with us before about that. So I think it's awesome to hear about it, especially you guys' backstory. I mean, the story is what really drives the love for the product, I think, you know, hearing about the family and where you guys come from where you started obviously like i said seeing you firsthand out there putting the work in you know that's just really neat to see it you know that's why i think people support get really behind and really support certain products the way that they do and for me i know when i'm again just kind of tech telling uh, a friend or or um somebody that is new to mezcal or has doesn't is not super experienced with it i see two things that i usually try to make clear is you know that all tequilas are mezcals but not all mezcal is tequila um because of how where it comes from because of the region and everything but also really just the the cooking process that process where you talked about the conical oven and how it's how it's a a, a pit where everything is trapped and that's kind of where maybe that that smoky flavor comes from as opposed to being steamed inside an oven correct yeah that is correct and so um i'd like to explain it and it's it's the wine of spirits so wine is this father overarching umbrella with the different varieties of the grapes the merlot charrette chardonnay sauvignon blanc different varieties right but a merlot is never is a, is a type of wine and wine which is that father will never be merlot so tequila is always a mezcal, it's a type of mezcal, but mezcal will actually never be tequila because mezcal is this father overarching umbrella um, for it. I've got this great picture of like a 1970s um, Herradura bottle that says tequila supremo de mezcal. And so hmm. I'm like, all right, I got you guys. I see what you guys are trying to do, hide this, hide this ancestry, but they, you know, it's their own, right? And they wanted to be, you know, kind of their own thing. And now they've got their denomination of origin and so does Mescal. So it's, it's um, and, you know, there are some great tequilas out there. Um, I love any sort of other products, but it's just like, you know, just remember Mescal is the, the big boy. It's the, the dad, the grandfather of it all. Well, I think that's a pretty good, a pretty good recap. Um, and I know for anybody that's listening who is super interested in this, uh, definitely, you know, when we had Abel in, in studio, we actually uh, had, got, were able to sit, you know, closer than six feet apart. I know Mike and I were closer than six feet. We were sharing a mic. Um, uh, 
you know, I would, I'd say go back and check out that episode. I think it was maybe episode 11 or 12 or something like that. But, uh, you know, we really kind of get into it with Abel and he talks a lot about it. But I, I think moving forward, I'd, I'd love to hear more about what has happened since, you know, you, you mentioned it very briefly, but you know, this is, uh, this is your chance because I'm all, I'm all ears. I want to hear all about all the stuff that you won, like, uh, all those Olympic medals several times over or whatnot. And I see them, I see it, I see it all over, uh, social media and stuff now. So, um, yeah, you guys want to talk about that at all? What episode is this? Uh, that's a great question. It's probably got to be like 20 something. It's like 13. Yeah. <laughs> Our last episode. Last episode. I know. Well, congratulations on episode 13. You guys really uh, <laughs> proud of you guys. Consistency. Yeah. That's the, that's the struggle. With these. Speaking of that, we had such high hopes when all of this shutdown and stuff started because we're like, well, you know, now that we can just do this out of, you know, on, on zoom or whatever platform, we can all just do it, you know, often, you know, every week, every couple of days, whatever. And then we also realized that, oh shit, we, um, we got a lot of stuff to do around the house now, like uh, with kids being in the house and stuff, it, it actually was a lot harder than we thought. So, um, instead of doing it more frequently, we had to take a little break, but, uh, but we're starting to, we finally figured it out. So we're, we're getting back to it a little bit. Well, we hope we can be your start of rocking and rolling into the new guest appearance on Zoom. <laughs> That's right. So your hybrid. Until you guys meet together and you are six feet apart. Uh, so yeah, do you know? Does anyone know the date of when we filmed that? Because I know it was hot. So maybe it might have even been like a year ago. I felt like uh, it was that long. I know it was released. Uh, yeah, it was released about in July of last year. So it okay. was about a year ago. All right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So when when we first met, it was still like that's why I was the one that did it because Ivan was still working for Cox Communications and it was. Yeah. You know, we were trying to do everything as much as possible. And I tried to do as much marketing stuff as I could do because I was doing the sales stuff during the day. But then I needed him to do sales stuff as soon as he got off of work. So he, he ended up moving his schedule where he would work from 6 a.m. to 3. And as soon as 3 hit, he was like, boom, I'm out hitting stuff. And we self-distributed. We're still self-distributing it um, across the state. And since that time, our goal in last year of 2019 was to get into 200 accounts in um, roughly nine months. And we got to 195. So we were we were super proud of that. And then we started talking to other people. They go, "That's that's crazy. Like you guys are two guys that have never been in the industry self distributing. That's not normal numbers." But we didn't come from the industry, so we didn't know what to um, assess or, or limit, I guess. And we we're, we're both me and Ivan are both in that limitless mindset right now. And since then, it's just been a lot of hard work. And obviously, we were thinking with the season coming, and I Ivan been able to quit. I was like. Probably for as soon as January hit, I was like, I need you. I need you. Imagine what you could do. Imagine what you do if you weren't on the phone doing this with me. And when it did happen, we pivoted. I said, go. Because we, we had a big shipment getting ready to come up for season. I said, just go with Lorena. Help her bottle up. Do whatever you can. And I was like, just learn. Learn, learn, learn. Because in this time, I think that's, that's what, that's the best thing for everybody is, is don't dwell on anything. And so while he was down there learning, getting, getting those cows in his hands, learning about the farming our farming side of the business was a little bit farther down the road. That, that became much quicker. So we were sending some funds down there to start farming to get to that 5,000 and, and start getting some more plots. And we still have a lot more plots we want to, we want to work on. Um, and so while he was doing that, I'm up here, everything's kind of shut down. So I just dive into conference calls, readings, partnerships, where can, where can I find these things to meet? 
and even, you know, doing Zoom, I, I had an amazing, amazing um, single de Mayo that we celebrated digitally. And I'm forever going to do that. There's not going to be a single de Mayo where we don't have a digital version. And I don't look at it as something like, oh, this, this is a bummer. I was like, no, this is cool. This is, this is for everybody that doesn't want to go out and deal with all the, the hassle, that wants to have a connected community and talk about um, the culture and the spirit and the food and, and have some fun in a, in a new way. So, Cinco de Mayo was amazing. And all that whole time we were trying to figure out what the next steps were and we pivoted. And just this Monday, we actually launched our online site. So we have a partner distributor that we sent, um, that had a huge order. So we sent out a pallet to them. And California has way better laws, which Arizona needs, like knock, knock Arizona, you, you need some tax money, change your laws so the brands here can actually ship out, the liquor stores here can ship out across the country. Uh, but we have a liquor store now that's in San Diego that can ship legally to 31 different states across the country to your door where it's literally, I have to ship it to California in order for it to get shipped to someone's door here in Arizona. But we don't have that already. Like there's Drizzly and some of these other apps, but someone can't do that here legally um, because of our archaic system. And I would have never found out that partner and how we could do it if it wasn't for the time that we were slow during March and I was just jumping on different conference calls in the industry and I saw the way they were setting up. I thought this makes sense. We could, we could finally get our, our mezcal everywhere. And so that's, that's been exciting. We've had a ton of orders since we launched on Monday um, from Illinois, Tucson, Peoria, California. And that's just the start because we haven't even started doing any advertising besides what we we spoke about. Um, and then I think someone, Whoa! Well, do you have the Naran bottle? Can you show show the Naran bottle? We, do we put these on? Does the video go up on uh, your guys' stuff? We can. Any, it can. Yeah, right. can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I did, I unfortunately I haven't mentioned it. I don't know if you hear that jingle jangle, but literally in the mail on Tuesday. So we got a crazy story. Like we we, we always have crazy stories, but like nothing ever is like normal for us. But you hear this jingle jangle. That's actually our San Francisco world spirits medals they finally arrived so like the legit medals um of course when the medals come in the big envelopes ripped on both sides and i see it and i'm like oh this is not going to be good and i open it up and there's only two medals in there oh, I a, oh, yeah I, I take a picture right away so it's one double gold and one silver i'm like well i guess we lost a gold a double gold and another silver <laughs> so i send them a message like hey can you guys resend me and then my wife's leaving the house. She was like, hey, there's a medal on the ground. I go, oh, oh. The, the mailman must have just like pulled it out and dropped it. And so I search all from my house to the neighbor's house. And I'm like rocking, walking in the rocks. And I'm like, they're looking at me. They're probably like, what is he doing in our yard? But I was like, all right, this is where I normally see the mailman walk. Trying to find these medals. He's not there. I don't, or I say, I don't see any medals. So I'm like, all right, well, maybe – maybe when he pulled it out of his bag, they fell in there. So I like write a big long letter saying, Hey, these are the medals you should have. This is what should be in there. And then, uh, I was out hustling and selling. I had to come back to drop off some stuff and he was there the next day. And I go, Hey, I had some medals. He goes, oh yeah. I talked to your wife. He goes, yeah, someone left them. He's like, I didn't do the route yesterday, but someone left it on my box saying these are the medals. He goes, I had your medals. He's like, I'm going to deliver them today. So he literally delivered the other medals today. Um, so we have those, the, the San Francisco World Spirits, the Grammy of Spirits competitions, we entered that in uh, early February. And literally the day, Black Monday is what I call it, when everyone realized the world was getting shut down after all the <laughs> sports teams canceled. I got an email. I'm an early riser. I got an email like at 3 in the morning, it was like at 4, and it was the result. 
And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm reading it and I'm like, double gold, double gold, you know, gold. I'm like, this is, this is amazing and I'm just happy. But at the same time, we don't know what our industry looks like. And so we celebrated internally because we were just, you know, such a great to get that kind of recognition on a, on a national scale, on a global scale. But I, I go back and I'm reading the email and I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, wait, there's a best mezcal comma. I'm like, is that even a category? <laughs> like, we, we got, we got best mezcal. And then our ensemble out of 70 plus brands and all the different marks that they submitted won best mezcal overall. And that was just a cherry on top. And, you know, we, we wanted to share it with the world and we chose to, to wait just because it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't right. Um, until it's probably like a month later, I think when San Francisco world spirits just posted the best winners and also because we got a lot of industry friends. Well, people started checking. And as soon as they saw share, share, screenshot, yeah. share. And I was like, whoa, 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 people are telling our story now. We got a, we got, we got a lot more. So that's when we said, Hey, we, we got to tell it the right way. And so we sent it out and said, this is what we did. Not just best, best mezcal, but also double gold. Um, you know, so we, of the top five, we got two of the top 10, we had three. And it's just an awesome feeling to, to see that. And again, people, you know, initially were like, how do I get this mezcal? They were messaging us from across the country. And I was like, come to Arizona. You got to come to Arizona. Well, now it's a little bit harder for people to want to come to Arizona. And so that's why we looked more on like, how can we get this online to get it to more people? Because we've had requests from Texas, North Carolina, Oregon, all across the country trying to get the mezcal. And now, now we have that way. So it's just for us, we, we've slowly grown, I think the right way. And it's been fun, but at the same time, we've, we've had to accelerate certain things because of COVID and the way it kind of changed our, our model. But I think everybody has to be a little bit flexible right now because that's, that's the only way you're going to survive and, and thrive. We're not trying to survive. We're, we're trying to thrive through all this. So the interest that you gained um, from, from winning the, winning some of these medals and, and basically getting all this recognition did, is that, and you're selling it now through the distributor, like you said, through California, is that on just like an online where individuals are coming out and saying, Hey, I want to order and check this out. Or are you actually a, being able to start, you know, opening new bigger accounts outside of Arizona now? Both. Um, so we are starting the B2B side here. Ivan was out there again. We're, we go back to farmers, you know, it, the, down in Oaxaca, they've been farmers. My grandfather here was a farmer out in, in Tonopah with citrus, and we're just always constantly planting seeds. And so the the being able to sell direct to consumers is 31 different states through the shop.mezcalcarenous.com, and that comes from a liquor store partner. We can't we can't sell alcohol legally or legally, excuse me, to consumers. It has to go to a third party. So we sell it to them in California, and they can ship it out. They do pay the taxes and all that stuff from there. Uh, but we also have our partner out in California and another one that we're working with here um, that has access out there because they have a distribution and it's through LibDiv and they're, they're pretty much the stuff of alcohol. So people make orders online and we just simply ship it through UPS. It goes to a warehouse where it sits for 24 hours and then it goes to the account. So the beginning of September, both me and Ivan are going out as the compas and we're going to start hitting all of the major accounts in LA Burbank, Hollywood, all the, the nice thing is we're not starting from scratch. We have so many people that appreciate and, and want to help us. So it's been too much. Like they're like, I know this person, we're not, we're not ready yet. And so starting next week, we're really going to do that ask for referrals and get a bunch of the people that are decision makers um, or influencers that are out in, in the California region. And we're just going to focus on California because it's a very big state, lots of potential. 
Um, and we'll be doing that at the same time. We also have a partner that we're working with here in Arizona. We're now representing their tequila brand. We're originally growing our distribution channel wasn't part of our model, but we realized we had all the relationships and we created a really, really efficient system mm -hmm. with how we do things. And we've worked with them on different promotions, whatnot. And they were with a lot of wine distributors. And so they've gone through different distributors because they never had someone represent the brand the right way. Where me and Ivan, we love agave. Like it's our, it's our life and everything we do. And it was an easy transition to say, hey, we believe in your product. We just didn't realize we had the bandwidth. But now that Ivan is full-time and I'm full-time and we've been scaling up our, our support, it was easy to add on now uh, tequila line. So we have tequila Corsell that we just started distributing. God, I, Compad, is it two weeks? I feel like it's shorter or longer because we've just already crushed the sales for them. I can't. <laughs> I honestly don't know what it is. It's just, it's everything's just happening so fast. I think it's two weeks. I think it's two weeks. I mean, Abel gave me my sample bottles and that I think day or next day, I went to a place and they're like, yeah, I'll take the whole thing. And I was like, all I have is my sample bottle. So here you go. Like, <laughs> this is all you get. So it was, it was awesome. I still don't have sample bottles because every time I get my sample bottles, I just like sell them off to like an account or allocate them. And it's just crazy, but some, some good tequila that they've got. So we're happy to be representing them. Yeah. He doesn't even get to crack the bottle. We're, we're in the relationship business with what we've realized. And, you know, people just believe in us and they say, well, if you guys put your names behind it, we'll, we'll take it. And it's exciting to, to just see that happen. I got to say, uh, all the all the work and everything you just described sounds like there are not enough hours in the day for the two of you to get this amount of stuff done. But you guys are doing it, so you know, props. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. It's awesome. Big year. It's nice to hear good stories of 2020. Yeah, right. The few and far between, I must say. Yeah, they're there. They're there. They're sprinkled out there and we've just been blessed. But it was, I, I keep going to talk to Dre. I was in the lab with a pin in the pad. <laughs> there were so many calls and so many meetings and partnership calls and, and, and websites and talking to different people to get things set up. And it, it and now it's all just happening. So you, we've, we've kind of given you a glimpse. So we have Tequila Corsell we're supporting. They've helped us in California to get with our, our um, liquor store partner out there. We've been training people now so we have our community managers because obviously me and Ivan now have to shift our focus to California so we didn't want to lose our connectivity and uh, just the great customer service we've given here to everybody in Arizona who's, who's that that's our foundation is all people here so we've been training community managers during this time there's a lot of out-of-work bartenders who have, who have really proven themselves through the rest to really have a passion and care about what it is so we've taken them on and that's been a whole another ordeal is getting them trained up and uh, Caleb, Tina, and John, and, and Justin, there's just, we just have this great team now that we're getting able to execute. So me and Ivan can go to Cali and do that same, you know, energy that we spent here, out there, but then come back here and just pick up the pieces that are, are available for us because our compas are taking care of the rest. Um, and that's the other thing that's exciting. And then the last one is, is Naran, which you know, I was just going to say, I've got to get yeah. into Naran a little bit here because uh, I, I, I finished my, you know, kind of just my, my uh, Oaxacan old fashioned, but moving on to, um, to this little tasty concoction from the folks over at Century Grand and uh, Gray mm. Hen. And I, I happened to see Dinger this weekend. So I poured him out a little bit so that he could have some available to taste while we were, while we were chatting here. Um, and that, I mean, that's a phenomenal drink. Uh, made with Neuron. Yeah, it's delicious. 
yeah, it's it's really good. So they always do good work over there. But um, but while we're sitting me enough, that, Mike, I know it's. I, I had to hold back just to make sure I had some for you. So <laughs> it is very good. I, I you could crush this easily. Um, Whitney even liked it. And she's just not a like Miss Cal's just not her, not her cup of tea really in general. But she she enjoyed it as well. So. But yeah, let's hear it. Let's. I'd, I'd love to hear about Naran. I mean, my big question for you, I guess, and I don't know if this will uh, segue into into the introduction. But so Nez, uh, Naran is is that a part of Mezcal Carreño? I've I've seen that you kind of have uh, branched off and have a little bit of a different account or whatnot, you know, on social media for it. Um, and you had an Espadine uh, varietal in already, correct? And this is an Espadine varietal also so maybe you guys can explain a little bit about that because i i don't know i don't know the difference and i don't know uh what where one starts and the other stops so i got you i'll, I'll tell you about this so so originally the family which was mezcal carreño was the three mono varietals which are just one specific species the tobla sobasiche and the tepestate and that represents the three boys of the family because in my family there's three boys my dad uh and his two brothers and then there's seven girls so we had the three mono varietals and then the ensemble of seven which represents the family when we when we started this we didn't know we were going to sell like the, like that wasn't a thing for us like we we really weren't like yeah we're going to like just pump out big numbers and stuff it was just more of like okay people have been telling us it's good we should sell this all right cool so we're selling it and people were like yo it's good but it's expensive and i can't introduce this to the masses in a cocktail i'm not going to pay $120 a bottle and I'm not going to put that in cocktail. And I'm like, okay, I got you. And so then we came up with the Espadín uh, inside of the Carreño lineup. That wasn't originally part of the family, but we just came up with that to try and compete. And some people put it on their menu. Some people loved it and it was great. It was amazing. It comes in at 46% ABV, which is kind of what the other lineup um, comes in at. But people are like, yo, I still need something for the well. I need something for craft cocktails. I need something at a cheaper price point. And so we're like, I don't know if this is going to be able to be doable. Like, I don't, I, I just like, are we going to, are we going to go against these big players? Are we going to go against these big names? Is that what we really want to do? And so we thought about it, we thought about it, we thought about it. And we're like, I, that's going to be the only way. And so that's what I kind of was, was pumping out in Oaxaca while I was down there. But it's basically a super approachable, welcoming, and not a smoke bomb of a craft cocktail as body that can be enjoyed in cocktails or it can still be enjoyed neat. It's got a little bit of citrus and a little bit of like, uh, like a honeysuckle note. That's like what I get out of it, directly out of it. Um, so it comes out of the same hacienda, comes out of the same palenque, different maestro, bigger batch because it's an espadín. And espadín, for the people that are listening, espadín is the sister plant or the cousin plant to the blue weber. It is the one that's been able to be domesticated. It is the one you can actually plant fields of and have rows and rows and rows and rows. And you can actually take a car um, with like a tractor and clean it. And it's kind of an easier, easier um, harvested agave as opposed to like a wild harvested that happens to be out in the mountains somewhere. Um, so Espadín, 80% of the market is Espadín. And so that, that, that was kind of our answer to like Vida and El Silencio, Los Vecinos, um, like Ryu, some of those things where people are getting mezcal, they're getting they're getting mezcal, but it's more like super smoky. Um, 
and 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 smoky isn't a bad thing either. It's just it's it's a, a byproduct of the cooking process. It's just one of those things that we didn't want to focus on. We wanted the agave to shine through, but we wanted these guys to be able to put it in a cocktail and introduce it to the masses. People have told us that we you know we knocked it out of heart with it, and I'm just I'm I'm super blessed and grateful that people like it. I'm just like hell yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, so I, I mean, you, you already mentioned it. One of my questions was going to be, is this, did you create this as a, like a cocktail mezcal? Because I know um, I have Tepestate, you know, on my bar as well. And there's been times where I've wanted to, you know, I, I, as a home bartender, you know, we've talked about this a lot. It's just fun to mess around, try different things out, see if they work, see if they don't. Um, especially during quarantine times when we're not going out. So, you know, I've been trying lots of things, but I always have that. I have my Tepestate and I'm like, ah, I don't want to try it and mess it up because I like it a lot and I like to sip it a lot. And like you said, the the price point on the Neuron is just so friendly that, you know, that one I, I picked up a bottle and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to try experimenting with this. That and like you said, it, I think it's a really approachable mezcal. It's not, it doesn't hit you in the face Um like some others might uh, in terms of smoke or, or anything like that. But uh, it's, it's really, it is, it is quite good. So you, you, you answered that question for me um, and I'm actually sipping it on its own right now. And I'm fine with that too. <laughs> right. And it's, yep. it's crazy, but it's crazy. Like seeing Jason Asher, right. From some Grand, you were talking about the cocktail that you had. I come over there and I'm like, yo, Jason, Hey, you got some time for me? Like, I'm just trying to, you know, like, give you some mezcal and he's all yeah come through and he like tries it and instantly like he starts pacing and he like paces for like <laughs> three or four kind of back and forth and he goes I got it and he goes buh he goes I'm gonna make a buh cocktail out of this and I was all that's, like okay. that's pretty was like, that he was able to <laughs> I I mean I know that that's what it, I mean they when they sell it to you they give a little background or a little ingredient list and the inspiration behind it but that's funny to hear that he just kind of was able to do that on the spot. That's pretty he's impressive. Amazing, he's an amazing guy. Like he's a genius, and he's just like I'm serious. Like literally, his wife um, was there. And we were like talking real quick, and he comes in and he's just like, "Fuck!" And I was like, "I don't think I've had a fuck cocktail." Like, <laughs> yeah. I was all like, "I'm down for that though." Like that sounds really good. And I was telling Abel, it reminds me of a cocktail. It's called the Pequeño Gigante. It's called the Little Giant, and it's a Sabina Sabe. Uh, and they use this uh, thing called the Oja Santa. And it's just super herbaceous where it's got this whole thing. And it reminded me of that. So for me, it like brought me back home to Oaxaca where it starts where I left. And so I'm like, this is, he's not going to have the park. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it with us. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at the ingredient list again right now. And I certainly would not have been able to pick out all of those just by tasting it. But um, maybe Dinger's, Dinger's uh, experienced palate, maybe, but not mine. But uh, it, it's still extremely tasty yeah it's delicious i love the the fruit on it you said honeysuckle is that honeysuckle. yeah or like melon i get like uh hmm. like melon rind like Ooh, a like okay. a, a green one what's the green one musk melon honeydew 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 like honeydew okay. close to the rind though like where it's still kind of hard not super sugary sweet a little fruity there, here, see that's i that's why i turned to him for uh, his tasting notes he came up with <laughs> honeydew melon rind <laughs> <laughs> i would not have come up with that we we 
this is maybe shameful of my part, but like <laughs> we had, I remember our first Mescal Monday in the backyard where we kind of would give our friends that would come over to our house and drink Mescal. And it's like, oh, hey, drink some Mescal. And we'd give them to this. And <laughs> I credit a lot of our success to this one guy and his name's Juan, Chef Juan from Chula. And he brings over, you know, executive um, chef, uh, Penny Peterson from the Phoenician. He brings over Jabari, who's at um, Grand Canyon University. He brings over the Psalm for FNB, uh, Oscar Avila. And he's like sipping the Tobola and he's all like, I get like Szechuan peppers. And I instantly like look at Abel and I'm like, oh yeah. And then they kind of leave and I'm like, Abel, what the hell is this Szechuan pepper? I'm like, what is Szechuan pepper? <laughs> So oh, yeah, yep, that's what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's exactly. I was like, I'm you glad you nailed it. So I, yeah. these chefs are awesome, man. Everybody in the community that's kind of got these advanced palettes. Where I'm like, all right, I would have never came up with you know honeydew melon rind. But it is funny the power of suggestion. You, I hear that, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> that is what I get. <laughs> yeah, and if I were to have a honeydew melon rind, honeydew melon rind right here and try them side by side it might not be but that's that was the that's just like that's what it reminded me of reminded me of like getting close to the core or not the core but the the rind yeah Yeah. the core of the rind the more bitter part part. yes yeah yeah Yeah. Jeff um Tamara Stanger when I I went over and she got a bottle and she tried I was like oh I'm curious because she's you know she's always got these really unique tasting notes and I was like I'm I'm curious if she's what it tastes like she goes oh i already posted it she's like just look at my post she, <laughs> she called it glacier water and glacier so, water yeah and now i i i tell everybody that i'm like well, what's it taste like i'm like well you're gonna get some minerality it's gonna taste like glacier water yeah and it's just you yeah. know she's got such a cool <laughs> perspective on things and power of suggestion or power of people that know way more than me and yeah. I want to believe what they say because she's got such a, uh, a defined palette. Um, but that's what makes spirits fun is, you know, we, we've been doing these tastings now, now that we have the, the tequila and everybody's different. Everybody's palate's been on a different journey and people love the extra Nejo and some people love the Reposado and some love Tobala. Like, you know, our, our type of stock, they industry people love it. They just love it. And for me, I'm like, no, nah, for me, it's, it's not my favorite. It's definitely Tobala and the tobasiche and it, you know it, it will change over time and that's the fun about spirits people sip on a meat as you just get to taste so much more and then it what you what you appreciate today i think dinger talks i don't want to bring it up but i'm gonna dinger talks about that cheese story oh <laughs> yeah that cheese bring it back story. uh-huh and i say your palate you use that every day oh i use it i don't yes. know i don't remember what country you said it is i France or, or Italy, and he would walk by the cheese factory, and he'd pick it up, and he would, you know, the, the, they really made consistent cheese um, because it did that, and that's why I tell them, you know, obviously we're mezcal guys. We have we have pocket mezcal everywhere we go. People go, what what's your favorite cocktail? What's, what's your favorite way to drink it? And I go, I can't just tell you that. It's not, I don't have a favorite way to drink it. I have a who am I with? What are we doing? And what time of year is it? That's that's my favorite way to drink it. There's there's an equation. And like today I had a cocktail cause it was hot and we're hustling and we're meeting accounts and the bartender JT over at uh, Otro is like, Oh, I hate, you know, sometimes I feel bad to put like a toba in a cocktail. I'm like, man, I've been out in this 115 degree temperatures jumping in 140 degree cars. I want a nice cocktail. Yeah. But right now at the end of the night when it's a little bit cooler, I'm fine sipping on it. And that's, that's, the, that's 
what I love about spirits. And, you know, you have this beautiful tepestate and you like to sip on a meat, but it's great in a cocktail. For us, it was just more being, being able to hit more of the masses and say, here, try something that we know everybody can afford to put in a cocktail. We're not everybody can afford to put an ensemble because we've had people put ensemble in a cocktail and I love it and it's great, but I, I don't know if I would ever do it a lot. But at the same time, I understand it because it gets people to try mezcal and be like, wow, this, this cocktail is amazing. Like, what, what was in it? Oh, my God, I've never had that. And then they want to try it neat. So there, everything has its place. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. And I'm not going to be super, like, traditional where this is the right way. I think your preferences change just as you grow as a person and your palate grows and changes. Um, but that cheese story, I use it. <laughs> glad somebody thing. does so am i the only one that doesn't know the cheese story then he just opened the door for you to tell your cheese story all over again dinger I can't it's also kind of one it's on our instagram too so we have the video of it so you can get the shorthand of of the cheese story yeah but if you don't want to go to instagram big. just just rewind back to last episode the joke of it was too. He he told the story over multiple recordings, and I kept cutting it. <laughs> but when Abel was on there, I think he like finally nailed the cheese story, so I kept it in. Yeah. Can you get? Do you have an elevator pitch for the cheese story? <laughs> no, it's a twenty-minute one every time. I know. Elevator. That's pitch. part of the reason. It's you ready? Like, yeah. So there's the chef, who every Pretty single day long. goes to work. He gets a piece of cheese. There's a producer that makes a cheese that's a very mild cheese. It's a very consistent cheese. Every single day that he tries it, he knows it's the exact same. So he calibrates his palate based on what he tastes the cheese like, what the cheese tastes like. So if one day it's salty, then he knows, okay, well, I'm tasting salt, but there's actually not salt in this. I need to make sure I add more because what I am tasting isn't actually there. So he, he just gauges and calibrates his palate every single day before he goes into work based on one piece of consistent cheese. <laughs> Elevator pitch. Yeah, and if Elevator you did that pitch, the first like time, it. you would have made it. Made it the first <laughs> cut, I bet. I want to know where this guy's at. I always was like, yeah, it's some, it's some really good cheese-making country. I, <laughs> totally, I totally made the story up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had I'm it in a dream make, one night. I want to tell someone like, yeah, there's this chef, and he makes really good carne asada, and every day this guy's <laughs> yeah. asada grill. <laughs> And then he knows. He knows how to make his mezcal. Yeah. <laughs> I would calibrate his my palate to carne asada every day. He knows there's this one mezcal that's very consistent. So every day he calibrates his palate by drinking this mezcal. <laughs> there you go. That, that's, that's Chef oh. Tamara Stanger right there. Like, Is it? You want that chef? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's got some badass. She's finally, she, she's had some teacups. She was drinking our mezcal. She's always had a bottle in the back. And she finally got some like cool little like glass, like unique glassware ones. But. She's definitely calibrating. Uh, so anybody that loves cotton and copper, um, I'm pretty sure she's calibrating that uh, flavor profile from her love of cotton. And now, no, no, no. <laughs> she's feel- amazing, by the way. She made like some escargot thing, and I, we went to dinner, and I was like, I don't really know if I want any of that. And then I tried to <laughs> like, I was like, do you have any more of this? Like, I was like, can I have some more? And she's like, thought you didn't want any. I was like, sorry, I really do like it. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, she's very talented. Everybody over there. Uh, so I talent in Arizona. Yeah, definitely. One thing that you mentioned earlier <laughs> that I was gonna, I was gonna say, and you you kind of breezed over real quick was the pocket mezcal. I was gonna <laughs> say you brought that up last time, and I it's just always kind of stuck with me. Like I don't have a cowhide 
actual little pocket mezcal thing, which I still would like, but I have, I do have like a, just, you know, a couple little, you know, containers and I do bring it from time to time on the golf course. That's my, <laughs> I, and I refer to it as my pocket mezcal out there. I'm like, oh, I had to bring my, nice. I'll get a little sip. <laughs> it even says it on there. I oh yeah. It does even say it on there. Very oh. nice. Ivan, there was, besides the farming, we had him do a little bit of work while he was out there. And this was <laughs> no. one of those little bit of work. Because again, everyone, like, people were like, where's the pocket mezcal? And I was like, well, I didn't want to bring it. I felt like after a while, I was like, we're, we're kind of legit now. No, that's your thing, man. Pocket mezcal? Oh, yeah. You should always have a pocket mezcal on you. I, I, love did, it. I we, we really have to because it became such a, like, part of who we were. But, you know, we were trying to evolve. Like, well, we're now, like, kind of... <laughs> people like you know they know who we are like we can't just walk anywhere anywhere again i i feel bad when i don't have pocket mezcal people are like yo you're the mezcal boys and i was like yeah we are and they're like where's the pocket mezcal and i'm like i'm sorry i didn't bring it to like, oh my god i'm sorry so you're saying there's a 200 ml in the future <laughs> no 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 this is for compas only uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that we could do and you know, people say, oh, you're going to sell and do all this stuff. It's like, nah, we just, we just want to take over a corner of the world and, and have great experience with great people. And, and that's the journey. And, uh, you know, we got some cool stuff that we give certain people. And when, they, when we get them, we want them to know it's, it's special. And like, this is, this is one of those things, you know? It's, yeah, that, I got that's the journey. I got to say, I would love to have every bottle, but just a smaller version because I can't like stock up the whole bar. <laughs> But I, I love like jumping in between and going back to kind of your palate changing. The first time you were on, I decided the uh, Tobasiche was for me and I got a bottle of that. But now I feel like it's the Tepestate, possibly oh, the Ensemble. Well, I think what? Ensemble was still, you. I know. but I, I can't commit to five <laughs> bottles of booze like that. So Mike has been trying to whittle down, like actually work through all his all his bottles instead Ooh, of adding to. It's and, it's looking thin. the The pandemic home bar has been looking thin. I've been really holding off, not adding to it, and just drinking what I have, and I'm getting low. Mike and I come from opposite ideologies. <laughs> My bar is packed right now, and I just keep adding things because I just want to keep trying different things. and And to that point, you know, like we we talked a little bit earlier was. One of my kind of favorite combinations right now is putting uh, mezcal and tiki and some sort of tiki drink. So something a little tropical, but also in, in including uh, a mezcal. And so that when, you know, I grabbed the bottle of Neuron and kind of got to work because I just thought I just really enjoy that. So my last, uh, I think my last little concoction that I threw up um, just under my you know IG was, was uh, included the Neuron and man, it's good. And that was even told someone, you know, I pretty much work on the wife sipping system, which is, you know, one sip it and, you know, get the, okay. That means, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's good. And so that's, uh, that's post worthy. If I can get a one sip and a not, if you can get a two sips, it's going up, it's going up for sure. It's good. <laughs> Three sips. Oof, that, that belongs on a restaurant menu somewhere, but that's uh that stuff's made of legend. I've never seen a three sip. So yeah, don't don't create a monster. Like my my bottle of Tobacita here has a leak in it, and I can't ever find it. But somehow <laughs> the bottle keeps going down and down. And I'm like, where's it yeah. going, honey? 
Yeah. Like, the just keeps disappearing. So look, we'll look see. Yeah, that'd be, I, I'm, all, I'm all for it, but I did get a two sip. So I was like, Oh, it's a two sip. It's going up on IG. And I actually, it's a very tasty drink. Um, I, I like it quite a bit, but I like, I do like the infusion of some, uh, some mezcal, the neuron mm-hmm. in, in, into the, uh, there it the is. Tea. There it is. So yep. for, for, so Naran is spelled the same upside down and also left to right. Um, and it's, it's Traiki. So Traiki is an indigenous language in Oaxaca from um, one of the tribes of the Sierras. And so it means eclipse of the moon. And so you'll see a lot of our stuff that we do. We've, we haven't done it um, in a public venue yet, but we've had full moon parties uh, since. So when we actually, Ivan, when he flew back, he smuggled some bottles. Keep an OG. It was like the beginning. Uh, so we smuggled stuff. Uh, yeah, mule. so we have these beautiful bottles we only had like three of them at the time and the july 4th was actually the first lunar eclipse in the northern hemisphere so in arizona you couldn't see it but since it was an eclipse of the moon we invited a, a small gathering of like like 10 friends come over and we waited till like that 10 from 10 to 10 30 was when the eclipse was happening and that was when we had everybody trying that on for the first time and oh, since then, we've done a couple different full moon events. With the Colpus, we've done camping. And it's just so beautiful, guys. And I feel like getting out in nature through all this chaos and digital, and, and there's just so much to consume. Um, when we're out there, and the, the, luckily the, the fire code was down this past time. I think it went back up again because we still haven't gotten any rain. But we went way up to the White Mountain area. And the full moon was just beautiful. And there we are just sipping this mescal. And it's just that connectivity back to the earth that we're able to really, like, I feel it in Naran and, and it's exciting to teach people about this whole another culture down in Oaxaca. And that's the exciting part is we are going to do a lot of um, charity and community work with Naran that's cleaning different parks, cleaning trails. We have a, a really cool um, bar program with Tucson. So Tucson as a city and a community is a lot more shut down in the valley. We're blessed to live up here. And I, I you know, I experienced a couple of times I went down to Tucson but they um, have a great program from the bridge bar. So it's a five points market has their own liquor license and they have um, two bartenders who are volunteering their time. And every week they're making a set of cocktails where they're getting product donated to them. And hundred percent of the proceeds are going to different um, social awareness nonprofits. And for us, we said, Hey, we'll send you a case. And then I had another gentleman who was working with that chef of there and he goes, Oh, we, our event got canceled because of COVID. And he wanted to work with the Borderlands Restoration Network, who we've worked with before, but they planted agaves in southern um, Arizona to help the bat population because the bats use them for food because they help pollinate the desert uh, nightlife. And so we talked to the bartenders. They're like, we're all about that. And so now we, on the 28th in Tucson, you're going to be able to get these really unique. It'll be the first time, because we still haven't even gone down to Naran to sell it. It'll be the first time Naran's available for anybody down in Tucson. And 100%, we've, we donated all the product. 100% of the proceeds are going back to the Borderlands Restoration Network to help with the bat population, which helps the agaves pollinate the desert through that. And it's just cool stuff like that that we really want to shine with Naran, where Carreño was about family and food and culture, where Naran, we really want it to be about the earth and having people understand differences um, and just awareness about what we, what we can do to make a change in, in the world. And that's why we're just so fortunate as we grow, we're, we're, we're very grounded. And, and this just gives us another opportunity to, to, do, to do things in a very unique way and, and, and take care of the people who are taking care of us. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. So I well, hope you guys are ready for a Tucson trip. Yeah. 
How many times have we talked about doing a little Tucson trip, like a little Tucson uh, podcast uh, trip down oh, there? Yeah, come, I'll take you down there. We'll meet everybody. It'll be beautiful. These, these guys went to school down there. Yeah. Uh, Two yeah, U of eight graduates. Yes. Did you? Yeah. Did. Okay. So you've seen the growth then, right? I mean, I, you know. Oh, I the downtown down. is so much different from when we're, I mean, sadly, college was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, you bite your tongue. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the downtown is unrecognizable compared to when I was there in undergrad. Yeah, that was just not the spot. You know, it was fourth. No. And, uh, you know, there was a couple spots downtown. I mean, you know, going concerts and stuff like that, right. but not, uh, not the way it is now. And I've been, you know, a few times uh, since graduating, more than a few, but uh, not recently. And uh, yeah, seeing downtown and seeing those spots. And re I really have not been, I've been maybe once since really kind of getting into kind of this scene and in the industry a little bit, like cocktails and stuff like that. And so I, I've, I've obviously cocktail, Arizona cocktail week and stuff and having those bars come up at, at uh, what do you call it? Top bars and stuff. Um, seen a lot of their stuff that way, but no, not, I've never actually gone down and really experienced much of it myself. So we've, we've, we've thrown that idea back and forth quite a few times about just doing like a little uh, overnight trip down there and re maybe recording an episode down there and, and doing a little Tucson trip. So we definitely need to make that happen when uh, we actually can. Well, if that was, well, if the first time we just talked to Abel was episode 11 and this is episode 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right exactly we'll see you in one year from today <laughs> down there <One> year. <laughs> yeah put it on your calendar yeah once you're ready we'll take you down there uh uh portal cocktail um opened up which was going to be the the you know century grant of tucson three weeks before since or before covid and uh there, there's just there's some greatness coming out. There's greatness coming out of Arizona, but Tucson definitely has a lot of it. And it'd be fun to do a little uh, road show with you guys. And yeah. maybe just like talk, like we'll just talk to so many, like there's, there's so many great uh, bartenders down there and we can go and uh, drink our asses off on some cocktails. And uh, well, Tucson had the first mezcal. Yeah. Tucson had a, a, an amazing mezcal that it made. And it was a mezcal bacanora legitimo is what it was called. Uh, so in the 1890s to 1915s, Abel's got this picture of it. Um, <laughs> so I think it would be very fitting. Yeah. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Sold. Do it. <laughs> uh, well, that's you guys, you, you guys have any other questions for them about all of their, all the great stuff that they got going on? I mean, the only thing I, we have to do now is schedule our Tucson trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, congratulations. You guys have done a yep. lot in a little time. And uh, just to see the community that you've, you've got behind you, and it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. I always love running into you guys out there and mm -hmm. seeing the product out. And I actually ran into Tina today. Okay. I, saw, I, I, saw, I, I heard like, you guys were wailing. I was like, is that a <laughs> Scal Carino shirt over there. <laughs> yeah. And I had seen a post that you guys had, had brought some people on the team. So, so I went over and said, hi, introduced myself. It's very nice. Yeah. I love yeah. seeing, seeing your bottles on the shelves. And for a while there, I kept uh, sending Abel a picture of it. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm sure Abel knows where his bottles are. I don't need <laughs> yeah. to be, yeah. but I was just so I know, happy. I, like, I, Oh my God, you guys are there too. Cause you're, you're part of team compa. That's what I tell everyone. Like, it's, that's what I felt like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And 
I tell everyone, it's so cool because we don't, you know, me and Ivan are just two, literally two regular guys. He works for Cox. I had to take a business, like loan on the house, cash up the 401k. We were, we we're just regular people. So we didn't have this huge amount of money to do everything. And so we just did it how anybody would do it. And everyone's part of our team now. And what you're saying, like you're seeing that I get it from everybody. It still makes me happy to this day. I'm like, dude, I'm like, what, wait, what bar is that? Like sometimes the angle's really off. And sometimes <laughs> we can guess it like, oh, you know your bars. But sometimes it's something where Ivan has, has talked to someone and I can't tell from the bar lighting or wherever it is. I'm like, which one is that? Um, so we still appreciate to this day because it is, it is cool because uh, every, every sip, every sip counts. And that's what we say, sip by sip. Like, and so when anyone goes out and orders it and they send us a text message, it makes me happy. When someone buys a bottle, like today we had a friend yesterday, who bought a bottle for her dad and she gifted it and everything. She goes, my dad actually requested it by name. So I had to find it. So I was like, well, you can order online. She goes, no, I need it by Friday. And I got to make sure I have it. She, she just drove. 30 minutes to go pick up a bottle because she lives way out on the west side. So we, we appreciate all of you um, <laughs> when you do send us those little notes because there's been a lot of hard work behind the scenes and a lot of hustle and sweat and um, everything. And those little, little, little things make it easier and easier to keep. That's why we wake up early every day. Because so you go to bed late every day. <laughs> yeah, we love what we're doing. We really and you do, changed so. this, man. That's not a little thing. That's a big thing. This guy used to be, his line was mezcal. It's just not for yeah. me. Yeah, it, very true. I, when you were on, it. it's the most I ever learned about a booze thing in one sitting. Sorry, Dinger, but. <laughs> <laughs> I say that respectfully because usually yeah. I talk about yeah. things I already sort of know about, but I didn't know anything about mezcal. So it was like a low floor there. And then I got up to here. So well, the yeah, type it, that controls the conversation by directing it into things that you know. Right. Well, and we, and we <laughs> just don't listen to you when you talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it, it changed my perspective and, and able, like you talked about before, it depends like what your favorite is depends on who you're with. And even, you know, we're not in the same room together, but the vibe is there and, and the mezcal tastes just a little bit better with you guys. Uh, well, one more time with the, uh, you guys are, so now you can go off, you can go order a bottle online. So what is, well, you, you guys tell, you say, where is it at? Yeah. Where, so can you can it? visit our, our, our website, uh, com, And there's a little shop button from there. That shop button will take you to our, um, liquor store partner out in San Diego and then 31 different States, uh, ship direct to your door 21 and up you have to get signed um and you have our five our five expressions from the Carreño line are available so it's very exciting so if you're in arizona california new york texas florida maryland um illinois so all, all the all the big big states are able to get it now it's exciting and then make sure you follow us on on instagram we have like an event here at the Desert botanical garden this friday there's there's places that are slowly doing some social distancing kind of events where you're out in the open and we hope to do some dinners um and some future outdoor events. We might have a competition. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it right here because <laughs> uh, by the time, this, by the like time this, yeah, this goes, um, but I'm working on the venue right now. It's gonna be outside and you guys can see some of the compas that have been helping us out, uh, do a little battle with each other. Um, nice. but yeah, we're just, we're, we're trying to get back to, the, to a normal because in the end, normal is what you make it. And so we're, we're there, but yeah, we appreciate any follows and support and uh, 
make sure you keep tuning in to Always Parched. I, I love it on my hikes. I'm the guy sending them messages at five in the morning. And I'm listening <laughs> That's to right. Funny quote. <laughs> I don't even know we've always posted until I get a 5 a.m. message from me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Commenting I on the episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, Michael was doing it. some work last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So again, I love you guys. And uh, I think you're doing a great job celebrating the community and, and spirits and everything. And uh, I can't wait till we all are together, like really together. Let me know. We go, we go back to Killer Well Sex Club. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. down. Hey, those kids going to do a competition. So let's talk to them about the competition. I know. Hey, Dinger, you got to shake off some rust. Yeah. <laughs> game, huh? Let's do it. Dinger. He's ready. Yeah. You got sh- your shaking muscles shake still? Juices are muscles. flowing. There you go. Juices are flowing. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. I'm glad you guys are getting the messages from Abel at 5 a.m. just like I am. <laughs> <laughs> so we love that. Uh, and we love you guys, man. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. uh, thank you guys for the support. Hey. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Uh, congrats again. We really appreciate you guys taking the time out. And um, and yeah, like he said, hit up the site. This is uh, some really good stuff. Um, and you can find it. I, I know several places, at least close to me in, in in Phoenix, Arcadia, where you can grab a bottle, but uh, really, really, uh, really enjoy experimenting with it, tasting it. It's all good. And and we, we started off with this, but um, the story behind it's always great. It's always great when you know that uh, the people behind the product are just as good, if not better. And this is definitely one of those cases for us, I'd say. So, so we're always happy to have you on, always happy to hang out with you guys, love bumping into you guys when we could out of bars, out of top bars, Abel, last time I saw you, pretty sure you were, you were killing, killing it. <laughs> that was Kane. Yeah. You, you've was, met, you, you have officially met Kane. It was good. a good time. It Kane, was a good time though. Kane can't handle cocktails. He can sit and all day, but <laughs> yeah. that was too many cocktails. <laughs> uh, it was a good time though. All right. Well, again, thanks guys for, uh, for joining us and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you guys and chatting chatting with you guys again soon. Yeah, awesome. Have, have a good night, guys. Yeah, Love you guys. You too. Thank awesome. you. Love you too. Thank you. Good Adios. work. All right. Salud. See. You. Well, glad uh, glad you guys could be a part of our conversation with the folks from Mezcal Carreño. Micah Dinger, do you have anything to add to that? From a technical standpoint, that was so well done. I'm barely going to have to edit. I'm actually real excited to sit down on the computer and put this one out. Yeah. Not like the typical uh, episodes where Dinger starts talking about all sorts of random stuff, <laughs> stories and whatnot. So this was I'm, good. I'm excited about that. Just, we, we just need to take three month hiatus every once in a while. Yeah, maybe consistency's wrong for us. Maybe we just gotta <laughs> have like shaking off the rust is our process, and that's where we really shine. Wasn't that last episode where we oh, shook it off and took so long? That's true. Mm-hmm. Second yeah, episode. I think, second I think episode. it was the opposite of what you just said. I think consistency <laughs> is the key. All right. Thanks for listening to Always Parched. Um, you know, where are we at? We're still on IG. We are on Facebook, Always Parched. Uh, no underscore, no nothing, just Always Parched. Uh, and we're on iTunes, so hit us up rate us five stars or Micah will cry himself to sleep. It's not yep. a pretty sight. It really isn't. Yep. Uh, and yeah. So sad. It is sad. <laughs> it really is. Micah needs How important all the, it is. Uh, yeah. Micah's got a new baby on the way. He needs to all the energy behind him, all the positive vibes he can get right now. Jeez. All right, boys. Well, it's been a pleasure. 
uh, to all you folks out there listening, stay hydrated. We will catch you next time on Always Parched. So cheers. Okay, ready? Here it comes virtual clink. Speaking of which, I'm cutting this part out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. See, left to our own devices. It's an editing nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Well, then we'll wrap it up real quick so Micah doesn't have so much work to do. Heaven forbid he sits on his computer for five more minutes.